Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. If you had prepared 20 years ago, you wouldn't be a wonder now from door to door. Why don't you do right like some other men do? In a recent national teen study in the USA, they found more than one quarter of public school students attend gang and drug-infected schools. More than a quarter. In Australia, the government's Better Health Channel survey showed most parents worry about their kids getting into hard drugs. But research shows the biggest threat to teens is alcohol and smoking. Colette Smart is a child and adolescent psychotherapist and counsellor and joins us this week to look at our teens. Colette, is it possible to give a profile of a typical teenager? Is that even possible? Yeah, I think obviously what we'll find out is that what we find with teenagers is that we have different personality types and, you know, you'll have your quieter teen or your your more outgoing teen. But generally you'll find your teenagers begin to exclude themselves a little bit from family life. Not all of them, but a lot of them will start to withdraw a bit more from their parents. Uh, They want to seek um, independence a lot more. So you'll start to see that kind of debate and opinion coming out of them. And uh, although I still say to parents, we still need to be teaching respectfulness and things in our teens and not letting them get away with just any behaviour. But then when we look at at at-risk behaviours, we look at teens that start to have trouble coping with daily stresses in their lives. So things like they might be having bullying issues or school issues or friendship issues, families might be splitting up, and that's when teens start to Um, be in the position of being more at risk for certain behaviours. And so they start to do slightly more risky things and, you know, start to experiment with self-medicating type behaviours like binge drinking and trying out drugs and things like that to help them cope. Being the age that I am now, I have to admit that sometimes I feel intimidated around teenagers because the ones that I see where I live anyway, they seem to be so incredibly confronting and the lack of respect, but, I mean, I shouldn't feel that way, right, because they're yeah. just going through issues. Yeah, and, and I think we need to remember that teens, since the world ever began, have have had their issues to deal with. And I, I always encourage parents and say, this is our time and these are our teens. And so we need to be loving them through the issues that they're going through. Um, I do think that our teens, though, have got a lot more that they have to face in terms of media and media messages and, and things like that. And one of the big issues that we are facing that has escalated is binge drinking with our teenagers. Now, Obviously, teens have always dabbled or experimented, but we're seeing seeing even more of an increase in binge drinking, particularly with girls that we haven't seen before. And we're seeing at-risk teens do this to almost feel braver when they're out or fit in more because they feel more inadequate. So it, it is a self-medicating type behaviour. It's such a pressure, isn't it, too? When Very the others much. do it, they want to be accepted so that they do it. Yeah, and, and so the, the term binge drinking means when you actually go out to purposely get drunk. For girls, four or more um, glasses of alcohol usually causes them to get drunk, and boys, depending on their size, is about five or more. But girls particularly end up being even more at risk because they are more vulnerable. If boys have had too much to drink, they're not thinking clearly, and so our girls end up in all sorts of difficult positions. And then schoolies week, for example, you see the end result. It just becomes out of control, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. One of the, the big issues, though, is that they're starting to find studies that were... A stu- the study was done in the US and in conjunction with um, Victoria. And what they found was 
that when teens are drinking, they're actually finding reductions in brain activity and not just during the time when they are um, drunk or have the hangover, the, the reduction actually still continues and lingers after that. So there's a bit of a concern because their brains are developing so much at that age and so there's an issue with what's happening in the brain with that amount of alcohol being consumed. But the problem is no matter what we say, there seems to be that reflection of all the teens don't care about it. And I think what I often say to parents about that is, you know, we need to know where our own teenagers are. And so teenagers still need supervision. They don't need a 40-year-old friend as a parent to to be supplying alcohol. If you be the mum or the dad where the teens come to your house, you know what is supplied at your house, that there isn't alcohol, you can supervise, you can just be aware of everything if you are unsure of what's, what is going on at other parents' houses. I think that is one of the biggest safeguards you can have. And then communicating with your teens about the dangers, talking to them a lot. I find teens, they, they enjoy talking about what their friends are doing and what other people are doing rather than feeling confronted by their parents about what they're doing wrong. That tends to open the conversation up quite well when you say, well, you know, I noticed this or that on TV. And what do you think about that? Do your friends engage in that kind of activity? That's tough to do, though, isn't it? Do you think as a parent? You know what I love is that Mission Australia's latest study that they they do annually. They've been doing it for many years now. It's grown massively. This year they had about 45,000 young people from ages 11 to 24. And they found that the number one issue that young people value in their lives is family relationships and and so we always hear that friends are more important but for teenagers the number one value for them was their family so for me that's exciting and encouraging because I think they actually do want to know what their parents have to say even though they pretend they don't or they give off the body language they may not they really are listening what I find with with children that or teens particularly when the parents spend time communicating through the tough issues it actually demystifies things for them so they suddenly have a name or, or a title they can call things I say to parents give your children a code word that when they are out somewhere you can they can call you up on their mobile phone and save face with their friends but actually have a code word and if, if you say to them oh how are you doing and they go oh good for you good might be the code word and you know oh they're actually not doing good at all I need to go and pick them up so giving your children ways of escape telling them about those things beforehand because Otherwise, if they're in that situation and that you've never provided them with a way of escape or you've never communicated things with them, they actually don't know what to do. So communication is, is a very big issue, and not just once, ongoing and often. If you had prepared 20 years ago, you wouldn't be a wonder now from door to door. Why don't you do right like some other men do? Colette Smart is back next week in part two of our special on teens. You can contact Colette by going to her website familysmart.com.au. As we mentioned last week, when we have a vision, when we have a goal in our life to achieve something with the gifts that we have, with what we're good at, then we have a great future as we work hard towards being the best that we can. I mean, life is too short. I mean, let's use the time that we have to be great at something. In antiquity, James reminds us that our time is short. He said, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. This is Light and Life. To contact us, go to salvos.org.au slash radio.